Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. If you are looking for vendor process training for you or your entire vendor team, head over to my site at DeborahRRichardson.com and click on the Vendor Team Training Solved button to learn more about what is included in the monthly or annual plan and also to download a 2021 training schedule. Get the training that you and your team needs to avoid payment fraud, duplicate vendors, compliance fines, and more. Do you know what your company's fraud response plan is? Is the vendor process included? Well, it should be. And if you want to know what a fraud response plan is and recommendations for what to include to support your vendor process, keep listening. Welcome to episode 141, Recommendations to Include in Your Company's Fraud Response Plan for Your Vendor Processes. I believe it was back in March, uh, I created a Vendor Master File Tip of the Week on a fraud response plan that focused on reporting the incident. And one of my subscribers who watched, and thanks for that and hope you shared, asked me to go into more detail. Now, my Vendor Master File Tips of the Week um, is in my uh, uh, YouTube channel and I post every Tuesday. So uh, I'll put a link to uh, that channel in the show notes. So make sure you you follow that link and subscribe and hit the notification button. I post every Tuesday and they're anywhere from three to five minutes and I just have a vendor master file tip of the week. Well, one of the weeks again was about a fraud response plan. And so one of my subscribers uh, asked to go into more detail and I said that I am happy to do that since many of the ransomware attacks recently reported have brought down company systems, which can also impact the vendor process just as much as a business email compromise scam or a successful business email compromise scam can uh, impact the vendor process as well. So both of those things can impact the vendor process. And so you need to account for those in a uh, your company's fraud response plan. So here I'm going to expand what I talked about in the Vendor Master File Tip of the Week and also uh, talk about what you may to uh, what you may need to do in terms of reporting and what you may need to do with your vendor setup and maintenance process. All right, so the first thing I want to talk about is what is a fraud response plan and what should it include? So just like a business continuity plan or BCP, the fraud response plan should be at the company level 
with instruction for the vendor setup and maintenance process. So it should be a section in there that talks about um, that process. Now, according to the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners or ACFE in their report, and I believe they partnered with um, one of the accounting firms and another group as well. Let me bring that up. So it looks like they partnered um, with the Institute of Internal Auditors along with the American Institute and Certified Public Accountants. And they came out with um, Managing the Business Risk of Fraud, a Practical Guide. It's a PDF and I will include a link to the accompanying blog posts that will have a link to this PDF. So make sure you click through if you're interested in that. Now, in this guide, they indicate that a fraud response plan is where a company knows how to respond if a fraud allegation is made. And a fraud response plan does uh, consider or include these six things. The first one is who should perform the investigation. The second one is how the inve uh, investigation should be performed. The third one is when a volunteer disclosure to the government should be made. The uh, fourth one is how to determine the remedial action. The fifth one is how to re uh, remedy control deficiencies identified. And then the sixth and the last one is how to administer disciplinary action. Now for the vendor setup and maintenance process, these considerations are directly related to recovering fraudulent payments, as well as onboarding new vendors and changing existing vendor data in your vendor management. Master file. Now, the only one that I don't really address is that last one, number six, how to administer disciplinary action. I think that might be a good topic for a future uh, podcast uh, episode because I know and I talk about it a lot if you ever come to any of my webinars about the steps that some uh, employers are taking against uh, employees that fall for these uh, fraudulent attempts. And that that can be uh, firing, fines, suing uh, in some cases uh, outside of the United States. So that might make a good uh, episode on its own. All right. So I have broken up my recommendations into two separate sections. The first one is report and recover. And the second one is uh, your vendor process. So under report and recover, the first thing that I have is make sure you assign a responder. So make it clear who is to take specific steps and make sure they are authorized and have the required access to carry them out. So if someone has to go in and investigate um, the incident, they're going to have to get into your vendor master file. They may need to, you know, pull some reports, make sure that uh, they have access to where um, to uh, pull those reports and also uh, access to wherever the supporting documentation um, maybe, and we'll talk a little bit about um, why they may need that a little bit later. Now, the second one is to include a contact list. So have your internal contacts, your bank, um, the bank receiving the funds. So the vendor's bank, um, the local FBI office, if your company uh, determines that they need to report it um, and when they need to report it. Uh, and with the local FBI office, you'll be filing an IC3 report 
Uh, and if you want some more information on that, you can go directly to the FBI's uh, website. It's uh, www.ic3.gov. And that IC is I is in internet, uh, C is in control, uh, and then the number three. So IC3.gov, um, as well as the pro- uh, police and as appropriate, your insurance uh, professionals. Now, when you contact them, you need to make sure that you have gathered all the details, and that is the next one. So include all the details, such as the date of occurrence, the vendors involved, how the incident was perpetrated, um, et cetera. So make sure you have all that information because they are going to ask. Now, if you do have a fraudulent payment, uh, and this can be the result of a fraudster being successful with their business email compromise uh, attempt where they either sent in some uh, fraudulent data to change the bank account or um, they were able to uh, uh, get into your vendor's uh, self uh, uh, vendor self-registration portal, perhaps because uh, I reported before that lots of phishing attempts have been successful and they've gotten login credentials. And if you have a system that maybe doesn't have MFA or two-factor um, authentication, that could be possible. So however that was done, if your fraudster was successful in uh, getting those uh, vendor bank details changed, and they diverted payments, and so you've got this fraudulent payment, then you need to notify um, your bank. Contact your bank to attempt to recover the funds. Um, If it's still possible to recover the funds, because fraudsters' actions uh, nowadays are really closing the window more and more, Um, but the sooner you identify the fraud and contact your bank, the more likely you will be successful. Um, And then you also need to notify your vendor. So be proactive and let the vendor know that the payment was made, but to a fraudulent account, rather than waiting for them to discover um, they didn't receive the payment. And you need to identify, you know, how the fraudulent remittance information was received and determine the next step. Now, you have probably already done this under the gathering the details um, step, but you need to make sure that uh, in that step, you have identified how um, that fraudulent information um, was received. And this could be... uh, key because some companies, um, maybe yours is included, will absorb the loss and, you know, resend that payment. And some companies will not, especially if the vendor's email was hacked, right? Because of that, um, all of the successful phishing attempts, and now they've got their login credentials, and now they're in their email and the email account takeover um, activity. So now they're in their e- uh, vendor's email, and they're sending a change from the vendor's email, from the vendor's legitimate email. So maybe you thought that you didn't need to do authentication techniques that I talk about to authenticate the requester, or maybe not even that confirmation call to make sure that the vendor is requesting a change. So maybe that wasn't done. Um, and so, um, 
because it was coming from the vendor's email and your company's policy may be that, you know, because it came from the vendor's uh, legitimate email and we made the change that we're not going to uh, be responsible for that loss. Now, that can be an issue. Also, um, there can also be contract language about how fraudulent payments will be handled. So make sure that you know what those next steps are based on um, uh, the agreement with the vendor or your company's policy. Okay, so that was report and recover. And now let's look at what you may need to do for your vendor process. Now, the first thing is you may need to research vendor master file changes. So if you had a fraudulent payment, you need to check updates to the vendor master file. And I say uh, my recommendation is 60 days before and after the incident, since many times companies, again, are only alerted of a, of a fraud after a vendor misses the payment. And that could be some time um, after that fraudulent uh, um, information was updated in the vendor master file. So there could be more fraudulent information uh, in your vendor master file that has yet to be detected. Now, um, you can run a report from your accounting system or ERP and pull all new vendors added or existing vendors changed during that period. Verify how the information was received, the supporting documentation that was received. You need to review it and then look at the validations that were performed. And if there were any irregularities, things like where um, changes to remittance information was updated and then changed back quickly, that can be an indication of internal fraud. Um, but look at any uh, irregularities with the goal of identifying, you know, suspicious activity to determine if additional fraud has been perpetrated. Now, the second thing is you may need to implement a manual vendor setup process. And I've actually brought this up before um, because uh, if you have a vendor setup or a vendor self-registration portal, or if you're looking at implementing one, um, depending on what your uh, leadership or uh, legal um, professional or legal team indicates um, for privacy acts such as GDPR, um, you may need to have a manual vendor process if someone opts out of that vendor portal. But you also may need to have a manual vendor setup process if your company has experienced a, a ransomware attack and your systems are down, right? So you may need to implement a manual vendor process to uh, add new vendors or change existing vendors if you can continue payments outside of your accounting system or ERP, maybe you're going directly to your bank, maybe you are doing credit card payments. So um, you still need to find a way to uh, add those new vendors or change existing vendors. Um, now you can find a manual process in a blog post, again, where I talked about you may need a manual vendor um, process for a vendor self-registration portal. Um, also, I have a three-step vendor setup and maintenance toolkit that includes not only my e-guide that has, um, it's 66 pages and it includes um, the authentication validation management process I talk about to uh, eliminate um, 
fraud, uh, regulatory fines, and just overall bad vendor data. But that toolkit also includes vendor setup forms, uh, vendor communication templates, banking form template, so that you can build an effective manual process to collect vendor information and validate it to ensure payments can be made um, when it's determined it's safe to do so. So make sure you check that out. Again, I will have a link to that in the blog post that will be linked in the show notes. Okay, so that is the vendor process. Now, I do recommend that you review the plan monthly and update as needed. Just like everything else, review the plan in case team members switch positions, leave, or you establish different processes because of the ever-changing world of fraud. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 141st episode of the Putty the AP and Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.